The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. You're more in pitching podcasts from pitcherless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today, we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers as I go through all 30 starting rotations in the major leagues, I uh, check out all the other teams on the Plus Pitch Podcast. I'm recording this at the end of December. Um, I took a little bit of a hiatus doing these. I'm now in the full swing of it, so it's a little bit more modern, but nothing's happened with the Brewers. And we're going to, of course, lead with Corbin Burns. Last year, 12-8 and record with 202 innings, 294 ERA, .97 whip, 30.5% K rate, and a 6% walk rate. He's my number one SP entering 2023. Honestly, you could kind of put whoever you want in the first 5-10. I'm not going to be getting Corbin Burns because I'm not the kind of guy that goes after an SP1. I did a mock draft actually last night with uh, Twitch members testing out our uh, war room. And if you don't know about that, that is something we'll be announcing more so later on in the month of January. But yeah, it's a drafting tool. And... We saw that pitching goes so late. There's no reason to jump for Corbin Burns in my view. But if you're going to get somebody, you want someone with this floor. He's been doing it for two and a half years now. You know he's going to go every five days for the Brewers. He's going to have that excellent strikeout rate. You know he's going to have fantastic ratios as well. The cutter was a little bit worse last year. But, I mean, really, he just had a small rough patch in August. And that was it. He was still amazing and incredible. The only pushback could be that Corbin Burns doesn't get a ton of wins playing for the Brewers. He had 11 in 2021 and 12 in 2022. But Burns is still, you know what you're going to get through the entire season. Again, a workhorse, 200 innings, great ratios, a ton of strikeouts. It's not common to see that pair of 200 plus innings and a 30% plus strikeout rate anymore. It's really him and Garrett Cole. And Garrett Cole has a larger issue to deal with when it comes to the long ball than Corbin Burns. You could say that that is maybe nullified by wins. So if you want Cole instead of Burns, I get it. It's really tough at the top, though. There are so many guys you could conceivably go for. Um, but I think I'm going to be finding myself rostering Brandon Woodruff more than Corbin Burns. Corbin, uh, Brandon Woodruff actually had a 13-4 record. Just luck. Don't worry about that. 153 innings pitched, 305 ERA, 107 whip, and a 30.6% K rate, about a 7% walk rate. And what's wild to me is, if you thought about Woodruff from last year, you thought, oh no, that was a season of turmoil. 
he was injured and he wasn't very good for a lot of the time. We didn't know what to do. I guess he just ended the season really well and that's it. Yes and no. Uh, He had six games that were really tough at the beginning of the year. Remember this from spring training? He wasn't looking good then. He had a rough start of the year. He lost feeling in his pitching hand. Um, His first six games were really bad. He had three more before going on the IL for Reno's uh, disease. And after May 9th, though, after those six games, he had three before he went on the IL. But after that May 9th, he had a 2-3-8 ERA and a one whip with a 31% K rate in 124 innings. That was Woodruff. An absolute stud for you. I... mm, I don't know. I, I kind of just want to brush it off and say, all right, yeah, he was dealing with a whole I can't feel my fingers for five weeks <laughs> or for five. Yeah, for five weeks. And then he was the ace that we all know. Uh, his changeup got way better. 28% swing strike rate across 413 thrown. That's 15%. Sorry, 15 points higher than the average changeup. Average changeup has about a 13% swing strike rate. Woodruff's was 15 points higher at 28%. That is so good. I anticipate for this year that Brandon Woodruff is going to go 180 innings, maybe even 200 because he doesn't have Reno's disease to deal with anymore. And he's going to be great with a fantastic E-rate, fantastic whip, and a fantastic K-rate. I actually kind of think he's in the top tier of starters, but you're not going to have to pay for that. If you can get him at the end of the third round, early fourth why would you turn down a stud hitter that won't be there in the third or fourth and go for Burns or Cole or whatever you want and say, just get a, just go get Austin Riley and Freddie Freeman and then pair it with Brandon Woodruff. You'll be a lot happier doing that. Um, I almost did it last night, but then I had Zach Wheeler and I couldn't decide between Zach Wheeler and Brandon Woodruff. And I can't tell you who is going to be ranked higher on the list in February quite yet. I, there's a part of me that really wants to do Woodruff, but Zach Wheeler's really good. <laughs> um, I took Wheeler over Woodruff last night. I, I, yeah, we'll talk more about that. And we'll also talk more about all of the Milwaukee Brewers pitchers, including Freddie Peralta, Aaron Ashby, Eric Lauer, and a couple others that you might want to consider this year after this break. Freddie Peralta is a very tough one to draft this year. He only had 78 pitch innings last year, 358 ERA, 104 whip, 27% K rate, 8.5% walk rate. It's all down to health, and I hate this. I hate so much playing the game of expecting innings with guys that have clear injury histories. It's hard not to give him that injury-prone uh, label now. He had that lat injury, and I think the lat injury led into the shoulder fatigue he had when he came back. He pitched for about a month, but then was shut down when it wasn't... He hadn't really recovered yet. He hadn't gone back into the groove. And so he had shoulder fatigue, and he was essentially shut down after that. But he did come back um, at the very end, uh, which is good to see. He had a nice four-inning performance. The way I see it is that when Freddie Peralta pitches, he's fantastic. Again, 78 innings, 3.58 ERA, 104 whip, 27% K rate. That's who he is. Really good extension on the fastball. His curveball and slider gets strikes. That's uh, that's everything that he needs. Uh, and with those two working... And the fastball still being incredibly hard to uh, get hard contact with. Freddy Peralta is great when he pitches. It's just a matter of where you want to get him in drafts. Last night, I'm absolutely shocked that I was able to get six starting pitchers um, in the first 14 rounds. Who I trust through the entire year. Um, That is, I ended with Joe Ryan and Pablo Lopez. 
those are more secure. Now, I could make an argument then said Pablo Lopez, I already had five of them. And that's the kind of place that I would want to go after uh, Freddy Peralta because if it's 78 innings, well, it's not so bad because I have five other guys that I really trust. It's not going to be a deal breaker. But if I get that, I can really put me over the top, right? I don't know if you're going to be able to get Freddy Peralta like that in your 12-teamers, though. I get a sense that you're going to have to spend SP4 prices for that, which means about round 10 or so. We'll see. That's really the deal breaker for me with Peralta. I think likely the ADP will be a little bit too early where it's expecting 150 innings from Freddy Peralta for that to work out. But then again, you could argue, Nick, if it's 120, 130, where he's not babied, where it's just based on health or so, it's going to be at production and you're going to benefit from that. So it's a tough play. Uh, it's up to you really to see if you want to make that or take that gamble. I'm likely out, but man, I believe in the skills when he does pitch and the Brewers are going to let him do it. I mean, especially out of the gate. It's one of those where like April and May, you're going to feel really good about it, but then it's not about April and May. It's about June, July, August, right? Is he still going to be there pitching? Uh, all right, Aaron Ashby. Oh boy. Aaron Ashby. 2-10 record last year. 107 on the docket for innings. 4.44 ERA. 143 whip and a 26.5% K rate, 10% walk rate. The stuff is amazing. Aaron Ashby's slider is so good. The movement on his sinker is fantastic. The problem here, I mean, he has a really nice changeup too, gets strikes with it. it. It needs to go lower. It's a little, it's hung a little too often. The problem here is that he doesn't have a pitch against righties. He's really good actually getting the slider underneath it. But the sinker does not work against right-handers. It works super well against lefties, as it should. A ton of horizontal movement. If you have a good two-seamer sinker, and I say two-seamer because it is more lateral movement than it is vertical, but you can just say sinker, that's fine. Uh, if you have a good sinker, you should be able to take down same-handedness. That is a lefty against a left-handed batter, right? Aaron Ashby does a great job against lefties. He doesn't know how to attack right-handers at the moment. He struggles trying to get it away from them, and then he sometimes goes inside on it. <laughs> we watched the game where he allowed a home run on that, finally executed that sinker inside. Now, I have an understanding that maybe, I mean, I have a belief that Aaron Ashby should add a four-seamer or cutter and really make that his, his primary attack against right-handers. I have no idea if he's going to. I'm actually trying to talk to him. And maybe by this time, I have a talking pitching out with Aaron Ashby. I'm trying to make that happen. No promises. <laughs> but if Aaron Ashby does have a four-seamer that he attacks right-handers with, and I know he has it at times to elevate, but I mean actually going up and in against right-handers with a four-seamer or coming inside with the cutter. If Ashby can do that, it opens up everything. That slider is just so good. He's has an amazing ability of keeping that down and glove side, both against lefties and righties. It's all there if that happens. I don't know if it will. And if it doesn't, the walk rate's still going to be up. It's not going to be underneath 8%. It's going to be 10% if that's the case. He's going to get hit hard. He's going to get the unlucky ones of the really soft dribblers still. And he's going to get hit hard by the sinker. So I'm not in an Aaron Ashby right now. 
It's it's a tough schedule out of the gate as well. Uh, he's going to have to face the Mets in the first one too. Not going to want to do that. Um, likely, it might be Eric Lauer in that. It's just the fourth game of the season. We'll see. But what I'm trying to get at is Aaron Ashby feels like a wait and see. And if he comes out in spring training and saying, yeah, I'm throwing a four-seamer to cutter now, I'll be very much more in on Ashby. But there's still work to be done. Eric Lauer, man, you're going to see this line and you're going to think he's going to be, wow, I didn't realize he was so good for so long. 11-7 and record. He had 159 innings last year, 3690 ERA, a 122 whip, 24% K rate. His his four-seamer had a swing strike rate about 14%. And this whole idea, like, wait a second. Like, I didn't realize he was that good, right? Well, the first five games for Lauer is the opposite of Woodruff. 182 ERA, 0.94 whip, and a 36% strikeout rate. I remember everybody was freaking out about it. I certainly was. He had these back-to-back double-digit strikeout games with four seamers up, and it was hard coming in 93.5, and it was just, oh boy, this is great. And he didn't have another double-digit strikeout game for the rest of the year. And the 24 starts after those first five for Eric Lauer. 412 ERA, 129 whip with a 21% K rate. There it is. That is the real Eric Lauer, I think, because he's a bit of a cherry bomb. He would have these games that were really good, but then no consistency to it. Four-seamer would get, I think he had 20 whiffs in one game, maybe 22, and then had five the next game. That's just how it is. Regardless, through the entire season, I will mention a 188 batting average allowed, 31% CSW, 23% hard contact to go with that 14% plus swing strike around the four-seamer. That is good. The slider... Had a high strike rate at 69% and just a 181 batting average allowed. The problem here is the curve in the cutter that made up 30% of his usage were just bad. They were they were not good. Um, he tried to sink in the zone and Lauer allowed a lot of hard contact on both those pitches or just couldn't get, depend on them. That's why you have a 9% strike rate. The 30% of your pitches cannot be bad pitches from the cutter and curve. So something needs to be fixed there. There were, there were nights where the cutter was really good, but then it just wasn't. And the four-seamer, despite being that good, has a sub-65% strike rate. It's not this 70% one where it's just dominating and then you can get away with the lower one and the other stuff. Like, okay, those aren't working fine. I'll just throw the four-seamer. Sub-65% means you do need to rely on your secondaries a little bit more to make that walk rate, not 9%. So I do wonder if Lauer can become more two-pitch go from that 30% usage of cutters and curves closer to 20%, maybe even 15, and push the slider usage from 22 to 30%, maybe 35, and then really just go four-seamer slider. That might work for him. He might, I I imagine he's just going to try and make the cutter and curve work better, which I don't think is going to work out well. Uh, So I'm not in on Eric Lauer right now, unless he continues to just have a better and better four-seamer. I mean, last two years, he has increased its velocity from 91.5 to 92.5 to 93.5. We'll see. Um, I don't think that I really want to go for this right now in 12-teamers. In 15-teamers, I think you're fine. I think it's actually kind of a fun one because you will get some sort of strikeouts. I don't think it's going to be 25% K rate. Probably closer to 21%, 22, like we saw in those final 24 starts. But there is upside for more if things do work out for him. Um, the others who are not in the rotation, you can really ignore. Uh, Adrian Hauser exists, has a 15% strikeout rate. And the way that he would have some rare good starts, 
was that his sinker is really good against right-handers. What do you know? He's a right-hander and has a good sinker against right-handers. But it allowed a 3.81 batting average allowed and 30% hard contact to left-handers. And he threw it about 50% of the time to them. The slider curve change are all not close to what it needs to be. They're not even hovering 60% strike rates. We're talking like 52% and 54%. So high amount of walks and a sinker that's really bad against lefties would just get demolished. So if he has a a heavy right-handed lineup, Adrian Hauser can do well on a given night. He does not have a spot on the rotation. So I'm just not caring at all about Adrian Hauser. Then there are three others that got some chances at some point last year. The Brewers did favor Jason Alexander for a little bit. Uh, he has a sinker, doesn't know where it's going, and that's it. 5-4 ERA last year, 1-6-2 whip, 14% K rate. <laughs> you don't want this. Uh, Ethan Small showed up for a second. He had moments of maybe looking like four seamers up and change-ups down, Blake Snell blueprint kind of thing. He has this kind of weird... Uh, almost Brent Suter-esque delivery from the left side. Maybe that makes his four-seamer a little bit better at 91 miles per hour up, but I'm not taking any chance on that. And then there's Jansen Junk. I watched him a bit last year. He has moments where the slider looks really good, and then it's just not. He had an eight-strikeout game against the Royals. That's why you're going to see a 30% K rate. I watched that. I remember even writing about it saying, yeah, no, he should not have had eight strikeouts. This is very much a blame it on the Royals. Um, do not go for Jansen Junk. And since I recorded this, well, the Brewers made another move. Oh boy. They went and got back their alum, Wade Miley. And why is this a thing? Well, it means that one of Aaron Ashby and Eric Lauer are out of the rotation. There's a chance that maybe Freddie Peralta needs a little bit more, how do I put this, uh, ease into the rotation and maybe Wade Miley and Peralta piggyback or maybe Aaron Ashby and Peralta do. I think that Eric Lauer is like clearly a starter for the Brewers now. I would think Wade Miley is clearly a starter now. I would think Peralta is clearly a starter now. And I would think that Aaron Ashby is going to get the shaft once again. And I hate it. It it, it messes me up. It, it's annoying. I just want the guy to just get his playing time and, and figure out that he has to start throwing four seamers or cutters to right-handers instead of that sinker. That, that's just what I want. And I'm not going to get it. I I could just be crying wolf here or something because by the time the season starts, someone is hurt and Aaron Ashby has that clear spot. I don't know. But as of right now, I'm going to assume that Wade Miley is in the starting rotation for the Brewers. And is that a good thing? Maybe. I think he's actually kind of serviceable. Um, sure, he has injury risk through the entire year. You don't really want to go for that. Um, he's a little bit hittable. He's Generally has around a nine hit per nine, which means that he needs to have a lower than nine percent walk rate to be good for your whip. Does not get strikeouts. It's going to be sub twenty percent. So yeah, you're hoping for a Toby here from Wade Miley. Not the worst streaming option through the season if Wade Miley's starting and has proven that the Brewers are letting him go 85, 90 pitches. Then all right, you know that could work against a bad offense. But otherwise, no, I don't really want to go for Wade Miley. It just kind of has been too, I don't know. I mean, if it's like a draft and hold, it's okay, but he gets hurt too often, and I don't really want to deal with that. And if it's like a 15-teamer, do I want to really have Wade Miley out of the gate? I'd rather just stash something else than Wade Miley. So uh, that doesn't really have an impact for Wade Miley. It just has an impact indirectly to Aaron Ashby, and that's stupid. 
<laughs> but just to know that he exists and he's not you know, he's not bad. He's not bad as a stream pick. That's all for Wade Miley. All right. That is going to do it for real for this podcast on the Milwaukee Brewers. Enjoy PitchCon at the end of the month. Should be a wonderful time. Four days, 44 hours, baseball conference online, totally free. You can win prizes. We're raising money for ALS Association. Uh, so please consider donating. We're trying to raise $10,000 as we do every year for PitchCon instead of 50% going to charity. It's 100% to the ALS Association this year. So, could not be more excited about that and hope to tune uh, that you tune in to twitch.tv slash pitcherlist to watch it or go to pitcherlist.com slash pitchcon to watch during the event starting January 25th. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.